Hey, welcome everybody to Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. Um, the the podcast, no, one of the podcasts out there in the great world where we look, take a closer look at Scripture and do the best we can to examine context and original author intent and to try to apply it to our lives and um, get a get some light on the next step forward for us today. Uh, I'm your is host the right word, Easton, if it's just me and you? I'm your friendly host, yeah. Okay, I'm your friendly host, Josiah. I'm one of the pastors here at uh, Crosspoint Prayer and Crisis Care. And Easton is our sound engineer, recording engineer, Yeah. among other things. Mm-hmm. Good coffee maker, French yeah. French press. You know. Uh, what just, am I looking for? Expert? Mm, I wouldn't say that. All right, well. I just buy expensive beans. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, we're just, you know, it may seem like we're wandering here, but we're not, folks. It's Thursday for us. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this episode, but it's Thursday here. And um, I'm just glad to be with you and glad to get into God's Word. Uh, we use, as you know, as you may know, the verse of the day from you version, and today's verse comes from Colossians. It's always been one of my favorite books. Weird name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Colossians. I used to call it coliseums when can, i was older i don't know why it doesn't well, have an m or can you imagine trying to figure out what that means if you are new to the bible yeah well i thought it was like i thought i assumed i was like is this about like people fighting in like mm-hmm. a <laughs> yes it is the mind of a eight-year-old okay no it's, yeah. it's not about that <laughs> maybe i don't know how old i was it's, when it was i just remember distinctly at some point saying Coliseums. Hmm. Hmm. No, it's not about that. But it would. It's. It is interesting to think about the poor folk out there who are trying. They're new to the Bible, and they're like, "Why? Why is this book called Colossians?" Hmm. Well, to shine some light on that, it's actually a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church in a place called Coloss, and that's why it's the letter to the Colossians, the Colossians, and um. That's what it is. So it's a letter from Paul to a church there in Colos that he um, had a hand in planting and getting going. And as usual, he's sending them a tightly wrapped package of theology and practical application, as the Apostle Paul was wont to do. So we can definitely apply the things that he um, writes to the Colossian church to our own lives because we are a church too. If you are, If you belong to the living God, if you've been born again because you've called upon the name of Jesus Christ, then you belong to his church. And this letter and the things that are advised in it can be applied to you. Of course, we have to use our brains when it comes to the Bible and application because we've got to make sure we understand the context so we can apply it right. Can't just lift it up and uh, do with it what we want. Um, today's verse is going to be, I think, easy uh, to apply to our lives. What I love about Colossians 3.13, which is where we are, is that it helps me know that people have always had a hard time getting along with each other yes even in the even in the church i know the shocks just keep coming but uh put on your seatbelt and here we go with the scripture podcast colossians 3 and 13 in the esv reads bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive <laughs> it's just good stuff from beginning to end as a it's not usual that a verse is so easily applicable but i think this one is there's really i um 
context is going to help us, I think, on the how. But the what is just so plain here. And mm -hmm. I love a couple of the words that are used here, but we'll, we'll get in that in a minute. So this is a letter from Paul to a church. So if you are part of a church, ever been to one, um, I think you can understand why this letter needed to include instructions on bearing with one another and what to do with complaints against another and forgiveness because it comes up a lot uh, when you try to do anything with other people and especially when you try to serve God. So um, if we go a little bit up, we know that chapter 3 itself um, is all about this new identity that we have when we put our faith in Christ. I think a lot of um, pitfalls in the Christian life come because we're trying to do the new Christian stuff. So we go to work and we're like, I'm going to be nicer. And then when you do, you figure out that you feel, you're like, dude, it's just still me. Like, I love Jesus. And I'm, and I suddenly want to read the Bible and some other, and I like these new songs and other weird things that are not like me. But when I go to love other people, ah, I just so feel like my old self. Um, the only difference being is that in your heart, in your like the center of who you are, in your motivational being there, you find this new desire. Like before, you're just rude with impunity. Like forget these people. I don't, you know, if they don't like me, yeah, they can take a long walk off a short bridge. Yeah, the. Uh version i have uh headlines the chapter three as living the new life yeah exactly so and so your motivation changes first but your behavior doesn't follow right away and i think it can be like oh man that's that that is a lot of the struggle of discipleship and if you're blessed someone will come alongside you an older sister an older brother in the faith will come alongside you put an arm around you and say hey welcome to the team you now want to be more like jesus but are no better at it than you used to be yeah <laughs> a lot of the Bible's fighting your own tendencies and mm -hmm. deny it, just Amen. denying your barbaric ways. Your barbaric self. That's, that's right. And in the, the language of the New Testament, what you are doing is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not exaggerating or trying to be cool. In the New Testament, many times it's described as putting your old self to death. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's funny that people are always surprised. And it's like, man, I feel like I'm dying. Oh, man. Yeah, you're doing it right. 90s, uh, early 2000s youth band at my home church. The name of our youth band was Die Daily. Yeah. Super. Ooh, I like that. It had like a logo of a uh, the chalk outline of a dead person. Mm. Like that was like a t-shirt we had. That's got late 90s, early 2000s oh, yeah. written all over. Super cool. Youth group. <laughs> well, they, had, they were onto something though. So anyway, here at the beginning, Colossians 3, getting into the context in verse 1, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ. Okay, so he's already talking about, we know that Jesus Christ's substitutionary atonement. There's a big one for you. His substitutionary atonement for us in everyday language means, on the cross, Jesus allowed to happen to him what should have happened to us to all people who've gone astray from God, that we should lose our life, we should forfeit our life for using the life that God gave us to sin against him and to serve ourselves. And uh, the miracle of Jesus is that he died for your sins. One thing I'm not sure we always understand, we think, okay, something bad happened to Jesus, so now I can go to heaven. That's a little bit of it, but the, the Bible makes the point, you'll see it here, is that Jesus allowed something to happen to him which should have happened to you. It's a little different there. He stood in your place. It's not like he just went off somewhere, took care of something, you know, supernaturally to just make an arrangement to where now you're okay with God. But instead, 
Uh, Jesus took upon himself the end result of all the sins of the world, and we should have been there. I should use the word we. It's not like any one person should have been standing there, but all of us together in our collective lostness from God should have been up on that cross, and instead he took our place. And so we are, are have allowed, like in the, in the language of Galatians 2 and 20, we've allowed to be crucified with Christ. So that's kind of the nasty part but so good and so precious. So if you've ever been, oh man, I just hate myself. I hate what I've done. I hate what I've been. Well, what do you want to happen to that old self that you're so disappointed in and hate so much? Because what the Bible says happened to that old self is he was crucified. Yeah. So what else do you want? Yeah, It, it kind of speaks to a, a permanence. Like you don't want to even be associated with that person because they're dead. I love it. I lo- man, that's a great way to put it. I don't want to be associated with that person. And that's right. You shouldn't associate with that person anymore. All right, well, that's that's the dark part, so to speak, although it's so glorious. And then what's neat is, okay, it doesn't end there, although a lot of kind of some Bible thumper types make it seem like that's all there is to it, dead with Christ, crucifixion. That's right, but listen, you got, so then Jesus was raised to new life, never to die again, which is also something we will get to do. Do you understand that? He was crucified, we were crucified in him, so we will be raised with him. That's why verse 1 says, if then you have been raised with Christ. So that's why it sounds like past tense. You're like, I don't know, I'm just me still. I went to church on Tuesday, gave my life to God, and but it's just still me. No, not really. In eternal reality and spiritual reality, you are now you have been raised with Christ. And we're just trying to live that out. It says, Since you have been, then seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now I can't get too preachy here because we gotta we gotta focus on our verse today, but I just you need that for the context. Um, Paul here is letting the Colossians know as he'll let the Galatians know and the Ephesians know and the Romans know and you know the Philippians know he lets everyone know that in the Christian life what has changed is their identity first and that should work its way out through their behavior and we always always get it reversed we always try to change our behavior so that we can uh, change who we are and it just doesn't work that way way mm-hmm. so skipping down to verse 5 it says put to death there it is put to death do not be associated with anymore draw a chalk line around that old man that old lady hmm. put to death therefore what is earthly in you sexual immorality impurity passion evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry you know that old guy you know that old girl it's all idolatry. It was all hard after what you wanted and not God, and now it's dead in Christ. Let it be dead. Don't pick him up again. Don't animate. Don't reanimate that corpse. Hmm. I'm, I'm getting carried away. Not a lot of people got raised from the dead either, you know. No. I mean. So don't do that. Yeah. So now he says, in these two, you used, you used to once walk when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Put them all away because you don't need them anymore. You understand that? You used to need these things. If you were going to look out for number one, you needed these tools. You don't have to look out for number one anymore because he's dead. Jesus will look out for you, and you are now number two forever in your life. Mm-hmm. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. There it is. Put off the old self with its yeah. practices, and you have put on the new self. Okay, why are we going into all that? Because um, if you don't understand that your uh, identity has changed, then you'll just take verse 13 and you'll just try to do it. That's why it's good to look at the context here. You can't do what 
these verses are telling you to do unless you get rid of that first. Yeah, unless you start to realize who you are. Because if you don't, now let's get real serious here with verse 13. We'll see 12 says, put on then. So it's like out Mm -hmm. there. I mean, it's kind of out there, put on. So it's like sitting there for you to do. You know, you want to think about, I've never been this guy, but I always wanted to be this guy. I want to be the guy who picks out my clothes that I'm going to wear the next day and has them folded on the end table by my bed so that when I wake up, I just put them on. But I have never in my life been that person, Easton. Yeah, I've I've done it before, but... How was it? Uh, it felt good, but mm-hmm. I've settled to a uniform of gray t-shirts and <laughs> either khakis or jeans, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they're all folded in my drawer, and I just... I'd make, at this point, it makes no difference. I get it. Okay. So it's just sitting there as though, see, Jesus has prepared it for you, this new person. He's in you. You you have to keep banking on God and his power to be this new person that he allows you to be. So verse 12, put on then as God's chosen one. See who you are? You're one of God's chosen ones. So you don't have to get over on other people. You don't have to show other people that you're better. You will if you're not one of God's chosen ones. If you're not if you're not God's son or daughter, if he doesn't have you, if you're not forgiven and you're not on your way to heaven and an eternity with him, then you'd be a sucker to not try to get it over on other people. And I'm not talking about just being a bloodthirsty, you know, horrible person. I just mean all the petty, you know, get away from me and cut, I cut you off and I ride your tail on the highway and I kind of put, I brag a little bit about myself and I might bend the truth a little to make me look a little better than you and, and on and on and on. You better do that stuff because if your goal in life is to get ahead, you're going to need that stuff. But Paul in verse 12 is saying, you know how you don't have to get ahead anymore because God, you're at the right hand of God right now. God's chosen ones, mm-hmm. holy, beloved, then since that's true then can put on compassion heart compassionate hearts kindness humility and meekness and patience okay so that's vital so that you don't try it now we're on to verse 13 that's vital so you don't just go and try to be i'm gonna be nicer it just yeah. doesn't work and in fact it makes you even crabbier than ever you probably you may have noticed this before you may have had a christian co-worker or fellow church goer who is trying to be nice it's difficult to be aggressive and nice at the same time oh my gosh it's impossible and that's what leads to folks this is i'm diagnosing a common thing here in the american midwest here's a common character you will run into if you come down here the crabby christian Mm. there are crabby christians everywhere because they are trying so hard to be nice and it's starting to make them mad and irritated and they're out of patience and they're so mean you can't be mean and be a Christian, Easton. Yeah. You're gonna when you're mean, you got to repent. Yeah, being mean is not Christian. No, it's not. But there's a lot of mean Christians mm-hmm. because, and I know why. By and large, it's because we're all wearing ourselves out yeah. trying to do this stuff without ever enjoying our new identity, enjoying Christ, enjoying communion with Him, worshiping Him, knowing our identity is secure in Him, knowing that He we were crucified with Him knowing that we will be raised with him, knowing that our future is safe with him. So that's why a lot of people are walking around with crab, getting their crabby Christian on. So in verse 13, mm-hmm. then, when it says bearing with one another, that's why we would do that. I mean, Easton yeah. is my brother. Yeah. You know, if he does something I don't like, that's why like it says bearing with him because it knows that we're going to do things that each other doesn't like. We're not perfect. Right. But I need to bear with Easton. Oh, yeah, he's just my brother. He does, He's not perfect, but, man, we're brothers forever. We're going to be in heaven together. So we just bear with one another. Yeah. 
and if one has a complaint, so there you go. It knows complaints are going to come up. Yeah. It's not asking for perfection. It's not so much that a complaint came up that you need to act like you it didn't happen. Paul says, no, when it comes up, what should I do? Forgive. Can you imagine a complaint center, Easton? So it's a complaint center, and all that happens when you come up and go, I have a complaint, you give it. And then what happens is they're like, okay, we've heard your complaint now. Thank you for forgiving us. Yeah. It's pretty wild, but that's what the Christian church is supposed to be like. Yeah. So we are able to forgive one another. Why? Okay, I love this, all right? So, again, trying to forgive, though you yourself feel unforgiven. Trying to give people room, though you yourself feel like no one's ever given you any room will definitely turn you into a raging, crabby Christian. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to forgive, though they themselves are scared that God doesn't like them. Yeah. And they don't experience or enjoy or revel around in the forgiveness of God. But look what Paul says. Forgiving each other. Why? As the Lord has forgiven you. He's not even asking you to do it first. I mean, that is grace. That is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, what can I... Where should I reach back when I'm trying to forgive someone? I'm like, man, but they did it again, and they don't even seem sorry. Paul's yeah. like, I know. That's okay. You don't have to get your strength from the fact that they're sorry or not. Yeah. You get your strength from the fact that the Lord has forgiven you. Right. Past tense. Well, and this kind of goes back to, uh, what was it, episode 16 when we did Matthew 5, 9. Being a peacemaker takes mm-hmm. effort. And being at peace. Right. And even... Uh, our episode yesterday, which was what John fourteen twenty seven, this says. Uh, let's see, it's a uh, fifteen, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. Yeah, it's that peace. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. You you don't get that unless you get it. Are you know connected? Yeah, you got to reach out and get it. Enjoy it every day and enjoy it. I mean, so much of your time with God needs to be enjoying stuff because if you don't, you won't be able to do it. So anyway, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also. Now, here's the thing. It's not an option. So there's not two different kinds of Christianity. One, you're just like, Jesus coming into my life. Now I'm not going to hell, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm going to do. Instead, there's always this little like, no, if you get it, you will get it. So in other words, he says, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive it's linked together they're like if you find it impossible to forgive other people and you just won't do it then what the apostle paul is suggesting is that you go back and make sure that you actually know that you've been forgiven by the lord because maybe you don't maybe you've just been trying to pretend to be a christian not because you want like not out of not because you're just such a jerk or you're just trying to fake it or whatever but maybe you just misunderstood maybe you thought what jesus was saying was i'm really nice so you should be nice too now go ahead and try it And that has nothing to do with the Christian life. All right, so he says, Since you've been forgiven by the Lord, so you also must forgive. Verse 14, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And here's what you were talking about. Easton is actually right here in 15. Yeah, I should have waited like... No, that's beautiful because you're right. It sprung that kind of Christian imagination in you where you're making those connections, and that's right. And what do you know? You were thinking the thoughts of the Apostle Paul right after him. Because in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ, look what it says, rule. That's so neat, man. Let peace boss you around. Mm-hmm. Let peace tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, uh, to which indeed you were called in one body. So anyway, not to get too preachy, but that's the whole, okay, behind this verse, bearing with one another, forgiving even as we've been forgiven, 
is a good description of what it will look like if ultimately what tells you what to do, what drives you in your life, and if what drives you and tells you what to do is your new identity in Christ, which is you are at peace with God because of Jesus Christ, you're loved perfectly in God by Jesus Christ, then you then you'll begin to develop more and more room for one another and we need to it's a command you cannot be mean and crabby and lording people's mistakes over them and still claim to love and be loved by Jesus Christ it doesn't work that way so First, uh, Colossians 3 and 13, people, good stuff, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I need that on a, um, I need to pull out the old-fashioned index card. Mm. I need I need to write that on there, and I need to put it on my mirror at home. Yeah. For yeah, when the five a, kids Maybe are, a screensaver. Yeah, there you go. Maybe a poster. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe a glow-in-the-dark t-shirt every time it gets dark. You can still see that. I personally can't see how that would hurt. <laughs> I just don't see how it would hurt. Yeah. Get, let your light shine. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have enjoyed today's episode, um, that's wonderful. And it should inspire you to keep listening. And you can get us, of course, on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcast. And something else you can always do is you can email us with... Um, comments you can email us a complaint but then you know what you'll have to do you'll just have to forgive us that's pretty neat all right so um if you have any verses you'd like to hear on uh, scripture podcast we're more than happy to oblige um you're like man well could context possibly save this verse it will i promise so you just send us and we'll take a look at it all right appreciate all you guys see you next time peace